Well, hey, kids, this is the Preacher and the Piano Man, a fun podcast to help kids learn and pray the Bible with their parents. My name's Tyler. I'm the Preacher. <laughs> well, 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 if it isn't my arch nemesis, Tyler. <laughs> um, Trevor, are you feeling okay? I'm arch nemesis. I thought my name's not Trevor. <laughs> it's anti-Tyler. <laughs> Anti-Tyler, are you, like, my enemy or something? Like, I'm so confused. Okay, so pause. This is Trevor here. Um, I was thinking, you know, every... Every good medium of like, you know, movies or stories, they all, there's always like a really good villain, right? Oh, and yeah, I was thinking yeah. that's what we're missing. So I'm, I'm going to try this out for a little while. Um, so here we go. Back to this end of Trevor. <laughs> Tyler here. Anti-Tyler. Anti-Tyler, if you will. <laughs> I hate working out. My least favorite food is imitation crab. I watch anime and I like to talk about the Enneagram. <laughs> Actually, you're really good at this. Ask me about my opinion of how athletic you have to be to be play baseball. How athletic do you have Barely. to be? Barely. Look how slow they run to each of their bases. It's the most like unathletic professional sport I've ever seen. What's your favorite dessert? My favorite dessert is Cosmic Brownies. Do you like Power Rangers? Power Rangers are, they're, they're lame. Oh, you got that one too. I love Power Rangers. I am the antithesis of you. I don't, I think that's how that word is. Mm, But here's the problem. If you're the antithesis of me, then you can't be on the podcast because I love Jesus and this podcast is all about Jesus. You're right. I'm out of here. Hey, sorry about that. Um, I don't know what came over me. That Um, was strange. But I'm Trevor again, the piano man. Welcome back, Trevor. Uh, You know, you know, by now you should know the rules, right? One, you tell us some Bible stories, and of course I'm going to ask some clarifying questions. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. And then I'm going to write a song that kind of just wraps this whole little thing, this little present up with a bow at the end. But Tyler, what are we talking about today? That's right, Trevor. Well, in today's episode, we are going to learn all about the greatest weekend ever, ever, ever. Even better than your birthday weekend. Even better than Labor Day weekend when you get an extra day off of school. Even better than that one weekend your parents took you to a hotel with a swimming pool. Even better than those weekends where you run out of food in the fridge but your parents are too lazy to go to the grocery store so you eat out like every single meal. This weekend is the best because on one Friday, 2,000 years ago, geez, Jesus saved the world. All right. Sounds pretty cool. Let's do it. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Weekend. Except it's actually Monday when this episode drops, Tyler. Okay, Auntie Trevor, hit the theme song. Let's do it. down those yummy goldfish because guess what we granted your wish you get to hear from your bucket list it's the preacher and the piano man fun and now go hand in hand and this time it will be grand it's the preacher and the piano vocab word today kids is salvation salvation and uh kids 
Can you say salvation? Yeah, salivation. Salutation? Salsaritas? Chips and salsa? Sell, sell the nation? Can we sell the nation? I'm, I need $10. Slinkies make stinkies. Slinkies make pinkies? Salvation. Stinkies make slinkies. Hi, Mom! Actually, I'm not going to say salvation. I just want to say hi to my mom. Hi! Okay, no. So, kids, it's salvation. Salvation. And uh, salvation is, well, it's very important. Okay, salvation is when someone saves you from something bad or something scary. Now, kids, let me ask you a question. What's the scariest thing to you? Well, I'm afraid of the dark, so I need a nightlight. I'm afraid of my neighbor's dog. He barks really loud at me. I'm afraid of podcasts, which is why it's so brave that I'm here today. I'm afraid of my mom when she wakes up. Have you seen her hair when she rolls out of bed? Have you smelled that morning breath? Have you seen that off-color shirt combo she wears as her pajamas? Oh, well, you know what I'm, I'm actually afraid of? That we should all be absolutely terrified of? I'm afraid of an international shortage in imitation crab. What will we eat? Yeah, that's true. I mean, without imitation crab, the world would enter some sort of irreversible death spiral of chaos. What will the people fuel their cars with if we have no imitation crab? What would people clothe their children with without the imitation crab? What will doctors do surgery with without imitation crab? What will the USA defend itself from foreign invaders without imitation crab? How will police officers enforce the law without imitation crab? Oh, no. What will we use to stop artificial intelligence from enslaving the human race without imitation crab? How will Nick Cage save the Constitution if he has no imitation crab? Yeah, but like seriously, where's it gonna be? What's Area 51 hiding? Is it a bunch of imitation crab? I think it's probably a bunch of extraterrestrial crab, which is second best imitation crab. Have you ever seen the movie E.T.? Well, the second best version of it is called E.C. Extraterrestrial crab. Oh, yeah, when they say etc., that's what they're talking about. Exactly. So we must do everything we can to preserve the crab. A loss of imitation crab is undoubtedly the number one existential threat to humankind. Brothers and sisters, we must go to Fort Knox, remove all the gold from the vaults, and replace it with the crab. Indeed, we must begin to train our baby brothers and sisters in mixed martial arts and espionage to defend the crab. Then there will be an army of babies, and no one will ever hurt a baby, so the crab will be safe. All you babies, pay heed to my plea. Who will fight beside us to defend crab and country? They may take our lives, but they'll never take our crab! Okay, whoa. Simmer down, kids. That went off the rails. We almost made it a whole season without, like, really going into the imitation crab keyword. Kind of stuff. 
Keyword there is almost. Kid's not going to allow that to happen. I mean, sheesh. All right. Now, anyways, while facing a national shortage of imitation crab would be really bad, um, it's not as bad as what Jesus had to face on the cross for us. He had to face sin, death, and even separation from our Father God. Oh, and looky there, we're getting a phone call right now on the Preacher and Piano Man Global Satellite Network. Let's go ahead and take this call, kid. Go ahead. Well, hi there. Um, I have a question about Jesus. Why did he have to die for our sins? Couldn't God just snap his fingers and forgive us? Well, what a great question. So let me explain it like this. Um, God created a moral universe where there's right and there's wrong. And one of the rules of life is that every time someone does wrong, somebody has to pay for it. You ever noticed that before? Okay, so let's pretend there is a criminal going around and, uh, I don't know, what do you think? What was this criminal doing wrong? Uh, I mean, without you looking, they're eating, you know, taking a bite out of your ice cream cone. Okay, yeah, so yeah, I, I like that, that Trevor. So we've got a criminal, and he's going around, and he's, he's taking a bite out of everyone's ice cream cone, and... You know what? He's, he's stealing everyone's underwear, too. Ice cream and underwear, the two essentials of life. So if that happens, kids, a wrong has been done, and someone has to pay. So let's say the police finally arrest this criminal, and the ice cream-eating underwear thief stands before the judge. In that moment, the judge has two options. Option number one is he can make the criminal pay. Guilty. And that would be fair. He stole the undies. He munched on all of our ice cream. So he should have to pay, pay us back for that. He should have to give your underwear back and buy you a new ice cream cone and then go to jail for at least maybe a day or two. But that's option one. The other option is the judge could just snap his fingers and let him go free. Not guilty. But here's the deal. If the judge does that, then who has to pay? Well, the answer to that is we do. Because we would never get our undies back and we would never get our ice cream back either. Either the guilty criminal pays or the innocent people pay with no ice cream and no underwear. Now, you see how this works, kids? I know that's a silly example, but I'm trying to illustrate a huge point. When a wrong's done, someone has to pay for it. You can't just snap your fingers and make it go away. That's not how life works. Either the guilty pay or the innocent pay. So let me give you another example from real life. Let's say you and your friend are playing and she breaks your toy. A wrong has been done and someone has to pay for it. So you got two options here. First, you can make your friend pay for it. She broke it after all. It's her fault. It's only fair that she pays you back. Or the other option is, instead of making her pay, you could forgive her. But guess what? If you forgive her and she doesn't pay, then guess who does have to pay? You do. Like, either you have to pay your own money to replace that broken toy, or you have to pay emotionally by choosing to suffer without replacing your toy. And that would be... No fun to just lose a toy. But you see how this works. Again, kids, I want you to notice when a wrong is done, someone has to pay for it. And if you choose to forgive, it always costs you. That's how life works. Now, kids, that's what Jesus did for us. 
To put it simple, we have done wrong against God. He's our creator. He's the ruler of the universe, but we sinned against him. When we choose selfishness rather than sharing or to be mean rather than to be helpful, when we lie instead of telling the truth or when we hurt others rather than heal others, when we choose to resist God's word rather than to trust God's word, that is sin. And I believe sin is what was behind everything wrong in the world. All of the mean things people say, all the hurtful things that people do when people cry, when people lie, even when people die, it's all because of our sin. Now, get this, kids. When you do something wrong to a person, that's even worse than just breaking a toy because when you wrong a person, you break your relationship with them. And that's what happened with God. We wronged him, and so we broke our relationship with him. And according to Scripture, The punishment for sin is death. It's like one big long timeout away from God. We're the criminal. We deserve death. And so here we are standing in the courtroom in front of the judge, and the judge looks at us and says, guilty as charged, someone has to pay. And before he sentences us for our crimes, Jesus stands up in the courtroom and he says, I'll pay, I'll pay for their wrongs. Now, remember kids, Jesus is innocent. He's committed no crimes at all, but he stands up and says, I want them to be forgiven and I know forgiveness costs, but I'll pay the costs. And Jesus paid and he died for us. Remember, Jesus needed to be 100% human because it was humanity's sin that he died for. And Jesus needed to be 100% divine because only an eternal life could pay for the eternal price that we all owed, an eternal life for an eternal debt, an innocent God for a guilty humanity. He basically traded spots with us. He took our punishment and he gave us his blessing. Instead of having to face death and one big long time out with God, we get eternal life with God. And this, kids, is what we call salvation. And Trevor, salvation is good news. We interrupt your eating of a witch full of sand with some breaking news. Whether you're in a big city, at a university, or even in a car garage, people around the world are keeping their eye out for 39-year-old Andrew Pick, who can be found dressed up as Waldo from the hit children's book, Where's Waldo? Andrew has made it his life mission to go around the world dressed as the famous children's search book to lighten up people's days. I don't know about you, but I find myself smiling hearing that. I've been Trevor Marshall, and that's good news. Okay, then. Well, oh, wait, look, we're getting another call here on the Preacher and Piano Man Global Satellite Network. Let's take the call. And how will the mommies ever rock their kids to sleep at night if they don't have any more imitation crap? Okay, well, look, hey, kid, we've already resolved this, all right? The, the, we're not going to run out of imitation crap. Let's just change the subject and move on. Let's, let's, let's take another call. Okay, well, I'm still very concerned, just to be clear, about the imitation crab shortage, but let's move on to a more serious question. So, uh, Tyler, if Jesus died, doesn't that mean sin and evil win? These kids, they always have a way of asking just the perfect question to lead me to my next point. I'm so thankful that that just randomly happens without any advanced planning. So um, the answer to that, kid, is, is no. It doesn't mean that sin and evil wins because if you remember, Jesus didn't stay dead. 
On Friday, he was crucified. But on Sunday morning, a heart that had stopped beating began to beat again. Air filled his lungs. Blood began to flow through his veins. His eyes opened, his arms and legs stretched out, and Jesus got up and walked out that tomb. In a way, the cross paid the penalty of sin, but the empty tomb broke the power of death. This story actually is told in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We call it the story of the resurrection, and it's what we celebrate on Easter. It's so epic, so kids. I figure maybe we should do a little retelling of it because the stories, well, it probably happened something like this. (sighs) Hey, Mary, this is the other Mary. And it's super early this Sunday morning. Couldn't we have waited until daytime to visit Jesus' tomb? That is definitely going to be closed off by a really big rock that no one could roll away. Hey, other Mary. Yawns are contagious, but don't worry. The sun's about to rise, which is going to be like really helpful because flashlights haven't been invented yet. And I don't want to not see Jesus' tomb that is guarded by Roman soldiers who definitely won't let anyone come and roll that stone away or steal his body. Yeah. Other Mary, that's, that's a good point. Also, another good point is that Jesus had a lot of friends named Mary. I, I think we're here at the tomb. Let's get out the spices. Whoa, what's that? Halt! Halt! Who goes there? No, like really, who goes there? Because it's it's still dark and flashlights haven't been invented yet. I'm a soldier and I'm stationed to guard this tomb. Oh, it's, it's just us. Just a couple of Marys doing Mary things. I'm, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to speak up. I don't know why you're whispering. And you better identify yourself because I'm a soldier and I have muscles and I'm mean and some intimidating tattoos. And there's no one strong enough to move this stone away or scary enough to scare us off. Absolutely nothing this side of heaven or the other could ever get past us into this tomb because we are super mean soldiers. And whoa, whoa, whoa what's that? It's definitely an earthquake. Greetings, humans. It is I, an angel of the Lord, and I'm going to move that stone now. Mommy, suddenly I don't feel like a tough soldier anymore and I'm so scared and I think I will faint now. Hello, multitude of Marys. Do not be afraid, for Jesus isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Oh, wow. That is so, yes, 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 that is unbelievable. I'm so excited right now. I'm, I'm, you, could, you could even say that I'm Mary. Get it? But now that I look into the tomb, there really is no body there, and he's gone, and he, he truly is risen. What? You're going to have to speak up a bit. I don't know why you're whispering. But here's what I need you to do. Go and tell the boys. Head to Galilee. He'll see you there. Wow! Yes, 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 Mother Mary. The girls get to be the first witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. No one will believe this because, you know, most people don't respect women in our society, even though they should. 
That's true. Guess it just goes to show the girls are awesome too. Let's go tell the boys. Thomas probably won't believe it. But Peter and John are gonna freak. They'll probably race out of here. Yeah, rumor has it that Peter is way faster than John, but I guess we'll see. And yep, kids, that is maybe exactly how it happened, but definitely probably not. Now, here's the cool thing. Over the next 40 days, the risen Jesus appeared to the disciples many times. He appeared to men and women. He appeared in Judea and in Galilee. He appeared in towns and in the country, inside and outside, morning and evening, by appointment, by surprise, on a hill, on a lake. Sometimes he appeared to individuals. Other times he appeared to groups of 500 people. And sometimes when he appeared, he was sitting. Sometimes he was standing, sometimes walking, sometimes eating. And always, always when he appeared, he was talking and teaching. And when he spoke to the disciples, he taught them about his death and resurrection. He explained to them what it meant. He spoke words of truth, encouragement, forgiveness, and vision. And then he left. And he promised that one day he would come back again. And Trevor, that is exactly what we're going to talk about next time. Now on that note, Trev, you think you got an awesome song for the kids today? Totally. All right, 30 seconds. Let me review with the kids. Kids, thanks for listening today. Your vocab word today is salvation. Salvation is how Jesus saved us from the baddest, most scariest thing of all, sin, and its penalty, death. When a wrong is done, someone has to pay. If you choose to forgive someone, it's gonna cost you. But that's what Jesus did for us. He paid the cost. Now, your memory verse today, kids, is 1 Peter 3, 18. It says that Christ suffered for our sins once, for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. Now your prayer assignment today, kids, is simple. I want you to reflect on your own sin and confess it to God. See, the good news about Jesus' cross is that God doesn't see us through our sin. He sees us through Jesus' sacrifice. So we can confess our sins knowing that God will forgive us. Our sins have been paid for. Last thing. Trev, secret word number one for week three. You got a word for us today? I sure do. The secret word for today is Irish. Irish, Irish, Irish. Irish it is. Let's hear the song. Here's the greatest story that's ever been told. Jesus came and died and he took control. The cost of sin had all been sold. And three days later, that stone was rolled. I don't know about you, but that never gets old. Death put down its cards and he said, I vote. Jesus then went and showed that he's the man. He had a royal flush sitting in his hand. The resurrection of Christ, the hope for the world. He rose from the dead, that's how it unfurled. No amount of pain could ever hold him down. He's the savior then and he's the savior now. The resurrection of Christ, the hope for the world. He rose from the dead, that's how it unfurled. No amount of pain could ever hold him down. He's the savior then and he's the savior now.